Are you a fan of all things Star Wars? This is the podcast you're looking for. Welcome to the Star Wars Rant Podcast with your host, Brian Seddon, along with Chad Viz. Welcome to Star Wars Rant Podcast, episode number 46. I am Brian Seddon, and I am joined by Chad Viz. Greets. Greets. Chad, so a lot of uh, EW, uh, for those that don't know, Entertainment Weekly uh, news uh, this evening, um, at least the night we're recording this, which is August 10th, 2017, for those that really want to know. Great, now you put a date uh, on it and everyone's going to know how long it took you to put it up. Good job. Good job. (laughs) I think of that one through, did you? (laughs) I'm not going to touch. <laughs> we'll, just, we'll just leave that alone. Um, but Entertainment Weekly um, has uh, come out with a um, their cover story on uh, Star Wars The Last Jedi. Um, got a lot of pictures. Got some details. Um, you know, it's done by Anthony Bresnik. Um, Bresnikin. Sorry, Anthony. Anthony Bresnikin. Um, so we're going to talk mostly about that i don't think we're really going to go into much um other than um some of the content that's there and uh you know if something else comes up that's fine too if we have time later but i think it's going to kind of monopolize a lot of our time so let's just uh let's just go ahead and jump right into it so like i said entertainment weekly has this cover story it's going to hit the newsstands i think friday um august 11th I don't know if that's right or not, but um, there's some uh, some of it has released online already, and um, so first off, there's two covers. There's the um, the Ray cover where Ray is holding her uh, lightsaber. So obviously Luke does not take his lightsaber back. Uh, Ray keeps it. She's holding it and she's looking pretty cool. Um, and then there's one of Luke. Luke is in his. Uh, gray drab jedi robes with the hood on looking very uh serious a gray jedi um, robe huh hmm gray yeah. jedi well, it's, it's hmm. dark gray yeah hmm. um and uh he's holding no weapon uh he's just it's more of just a headshot of him um so there's that those are your two covers that you could get um but once you peek inside we get some some stories so uh, the first one I think we're going to go through is uh, the Ray and Luke. Uh, there's some some pictures that came with that. Um, not not a whole lot of pictures actually, but there's there's a pretty good little article or story on it. Uh, there is they show one picture. Luke is standing in a cave um, on Octu um, in his dark robes. Ray is uh, standing just outside the cave with her staff in gray robes. And uh, they're they're kind of looking at each other, like there's some, uh, like they're posing for a picture, maybe. Well, no, I you know, they they look like they're not getting along. Um, I should say. So, um, interesting stories here with this. So I'm gonna read some of this again. This is from Anthony uh, Bresnikin. Um, but uh, the the one I'm gonna start out with, I'm gonna kind of jump around in this article because this is what really, um popped for me when I read some of this and um, it's about Luke 
and what Luke has been doing. And, um, and this is actually uh, Mark Hamill talking. And he says, uh, says, Hamill hints that Luke has begun to doubt his own connection to the Force, wondering if he has been misreading it all this time. Um, so he says, Luke, this is Mark Hamill talking, Luke made a huge mistake in thinking that his nephew was the chosen one. So he invested everything he had in Kylo, much like Obi-Wan did with my character, Luke. Uh, Mark Hamill says, and he is betrayed with tragic consequences. Luke feels responsible, responsible for that. That's the primary obstacle he has to rejoining the world and his place in the Jedi hierarchy. It's that guilt, that feeling that it's his fault, that he didn't detect the darkness in him, Kylo Ren, until it was too late. Um, so, you know, I thought that was interesting because I don't know up until this point where we've heard Kylo Ren referred to as um, a possible chosen one. Mm-hmm. I don't, have you heard that before, Chad? No, no, and that Luke thought he was was is the interesting like, what does that mean? Is that is that just so? Is that referring to the chosen one that Anakin was supposed to be to the prophecy, or is that just Luke saying this kid's got a lot of talent? You know, he's I chose him to be the one that's going to succeed me. I mean, you know, yeah. is it is it referring to the prophecy, or is this just a they use those words intentionally, or what? Well, so I guess the question was: so in that time frame, what would what would uh, what was the need for a chosen one? You know, you would think there, you know, was the well, Anakin uh, has been is dead, right? Anakin is no more, and if he was the chosen one that you know Qui Gon thought he was, um, and he went astray, or if he was the chosen one and did what the chosen one was supposed to do, and that was to reset and call the Jedi Order and balance the force and bring balance to the galaxy and now that that chosen one is no longer does there have to be another chosen one or is you know was was anakin the only chosen one yeah so um you know you wonder if snoke you know showed showed himself to luke somehow and and that's why okay well we need we need to get rid of snow, you know. Well, they obviously generally the the chosen one brings balance to the force, and I know that's kind of we're gonna find out what you know if even that that was right to begin with in the storyline. Um, well, they're definitely familiar with Snoke. Like Leia right. tells Han, like speaks Snoke's name as if it's a known quantity or a known entity that he was. So they obviously know he exists and who that he's a bad dude. Um, and Ryan Johnson says, so, uh, you know, in writing this, um, you know, very first step in writing this was figuring out why Luke is on the Island. He's not a coward. He's not uh, just hiding because he's scared. Uh, but we also know that he must know his friends are in danger. He must know the galaxy needs him. He is sitting on this Island in the middle of nowhere. There had to be an answer. It had to be something where Luke Skywalker believes he's doing the right thing. And the process of figuring out what that is and unpacking it is the journey for Ray. Hmm. Um, so, so Luke's got his brush vow going. 
I still think so. You know, I think that's still uh, possible (laughs) that he did take the barrage vow. And um, that's why he is not engaged in any activity. Um, You know, he's just there chilling with the porgs and the the weird fish nuns and uh, doing his thing. What are these weird fish nuns you you refer to? Oh, we're we're gonna we're gonna get to those weird things. Segway. Um, It's a segue. No, not yet. Not yet. We gotta. (laughs) We're not. We're not. We're not ready. so let's see what else um, in this part of the article. So this article is split up into six sections, and this is like the Ray and uh, Luke section. Um, so let's see. You know, so so here's something that might make you worry, Chad. Um, Anthony says this isn't going to be easy for fans. It wasn't easy for Mark Hamill. No one wants their favorite hero to be laid low, but it's worth remembering. Star Wars always begins with a long time ago, but it doesn't end with happily ever after. Uh, who said that? Uh, well, that was the uh, the writer of this article, Anthony oh, Bresnikin, okay. gotcha. which he, he obviously knows more about the story than he's allowed to, uh, hmm. to write. So a big part of Ray's future will be uncovering her own past. Who is connected to her? Where did she come from? And why was she cast away? Um, so we are going to get to get some of those answers, it seems like. That's cool. Which uh, will be welcomed. Uh, so one of the one of the things that uh, Ridley talks about is, um, you know, we see Ray in Force Awakens where everybody kind of welcomes her. You know, Han Solo welcomes her, Finn gravitates towards her Chewbacca Princess Leia or General Leia I should say um, you know everybody kind of has a, a warm welcome for her but uh, when she gets on Octu, that's not going to be the case with with old man Luke uh, <laughs> says Luke's brush off makes Ray miss the gruff warmth of Han Solo oh. Ridley says giving us a pe- <laughs> giving us a peek inside the head of her character uh, this other man that I lost within a couple of days was somewhat of a father figure. Now he's gone, and instead I'm with this grumpy guy on an island who doesn't want me here. Um, so it also says uh, Ray is also placing huge expectations on Luke. She arrives on the island of Octu's site of the primitive Jedi Temple, not to become a hero herself, but to shove Skywalker back into the fight. At least that's the intent. Sure. She. Yeah, that makes sense. So there you go. That's uh, a little bit. You know, I think, again, that, that part of the article, to me, the biggest thing that stood out was Luke saying that uh, or believing that uh, Kylo was a chosen one. And he feels, this part we knew, that he feels uh, that he's failed because Kylo uh, huh. went to the dark side. And he could not see the darkness in him, it says. Yeah. Um, and he murdered his, uh, his students. Yeah, I'm very interested to see what they do with the Chosen One stuff. If they do indeed go back to prequel-type prophecy, Chosen One, um, or if that's just clever phrasing to get us to talk about it. So now we'll we'll do the segue, Chad, that that you you tried to get me to do. That's not how segues work. Uh, That's not not how it works, Brian. Segway doesn't work Well, I missed it, and I apologize. But... Uh, we got some more pictures of uh, the Porgs. 
Porgs's Porgs P O R G S's Porgs. GS's? Yeah, GS's. P O R G S's. P O R G S's. Is. Yes. And the caretakers who are the like the nunneries on this island. Um so you know, one is, and this this we're gonna pause here because it, it does give me some concern. Mm. And um, there's a picture of Chewbacca. Yeah. On the Falcon. Uh huh. Sitting next to. Uh huh. A porg. Oh. And I don't know how I feel about that. Well, it makes me. Okay. I'll be honest with you. It makes me a little nervous. Because well, no other creatures are allowed onto the Millennium Falcon. Well, because I don't want this to turn into, you know, like a Jar Jar Binks thing or something. No, they're Ewoks, man. They're the Ewoks. They just don't eat people, probably. Like Ewoks. They, and I saw now, where supposedly Porgs and uh, uh, Wookiees, they don't get along. Like the Porgs just bother the Wookiees, or at least Chewbacca. You know, every child is going to want a porg, a porg stuck, stuffed well, animal. And so do you. Like the, so do you. you don't know. tell me you don't. Tell me right now. No. Lie no, to my face and say, I don't. I don't want one. Yeah, that's what I thought. I, I, Liar. I don't want one. Liar. I'm sending you one for Christmas. You're getting one. <laughs> um, so these porgs, they're native to Tuwak, uh, too. Uh, they don't talk. Um, I'm assuming they'll make some type of noise. Yeah, they look what? They look like uh, gerbils crossed with like penguins. Hamsters crossed sh- with penguins, like they're furry, big eyes, but they got sure. like f- wing flaps. You know, <laughs> or, or wings? Well, like penguins, they're not yeah. wings, you know, because they don't fly. Well, I guess they say they're. Um, so if you go to this island, that the real island, um, it's called Skellig, where they. <laughs> film it as octu uh there's puffins everywhere mm. puffin birds mm-hmm. and i guess they they're they kind of look like okay. puffins that makes sense so um so yeah the okay. porgs um but so i mean you're not at all worried here's, though that here's the th- i mean the picture with him on the, the one on millennium falcons kind of strange it almost doesn't look real it almost looks like they put it in there but here's the thing. I, Lisa and I were talking about this tonight. I was kind of going over the outline we were going to do. And she's like, I don't want any of this. Just like you're saying. I don't want. I want yeah. drama. I want the story. I said, yeah, that's true. And that'll be there, obviously, as we already kind of covered. But what if all these pictures and, and these things, even with this caretakers here that you're going to get to in a minute, are such a small, small sliver of the film. But these are pictures and things that they can throw out that are new That'll create buzz and discussion, but when you actually come down to the movie itself, they're not even going to hardly be there. They're going to be well, that's there. What I hope. You know, get back to the comic relief. Get back to the comic relief being C three PO and R two D two. Like I don't need I don't need these you know creatures to where to where like Jar Jar Binks like took over the whole movie. Yeah. Like, so I hope they don't go in that that's, that route. That's kind of what I'm thinking. Yeah. Obviously, porgs don't talk, so but I don't I don't need to see them keep popping up just to. Well, you know, it, you know weren't they in one of the rebels or? Uh, um, I think they're in in a rebels episode or so or something similar. I don't know if they're the were same. They There's the like same? the owls. Yeah, where they were forced. Yeah, something um, to do with the force. Maybe that was. Maybe they were different. Yeah. 
Never mind. Um, so then there's these other things called uh, caretakers. Uh, they're kind of fish bird type aliens who live fish on the bird. island. Um, <laughs> Ryan Johnson. Come on. Ryan Johnson says they've been there for thousands of years and they essentially <laughs> keep up the structures on the island. So if you saw the sizzler reel, uh, like those little huts, um, says the caretakers are slightly more um, anthropomorphic. Boy, that's pretty good, Chad. What's that word mean? It means they have the proportions of a, of a human, like arms, legs. They walk on two feet, but they're animals. Now, did you know that, like off the top of your head, yeah. or did you? Yeah, I know the definition of the word anthropomorphic. I feel like you looked it up. No, nope, did not. How do you know that definition? I just do because that's what anthropomorphic means. It's like <laughs> Chewbacca. He's anthropomorphic. He's he's an animal, but he walks and he has the proportions of a human. <laughs> Like two arms, two legs, walks upright. That's what that means. So you just already had that in the bag. Hey, I don't know why you're dwelling on this as if I'm I not just, allowed I'm to know surprised. big words. I would be. I think if we did like a poll, most people wouldn't know what that word well, means. I'd be in the minority then, apparently. You're, so you're they flabbergasted. Are more, this is insane. This uh-huh. is amazing. Well, I'm just surprised. Flabbergasted, um, Brian, means shocked. Yeah, I understand. I get that one. Um, the caretakers are slightly more... I can't even say the Anthropomorphic. word. Anthropomorphic. They're that more than the bor- porgs. The, <laughs> the borgs. <laughs> they will assimilate you. Um, they, uh, they are animated with a person inside. Um, That's cool. And they wear clothes. And, uh, yeah, they do wear clothes. And they speak in an alien tongue they're all female so that's good news for luke brian loves uh, that it gets lonely there's brian, it makes there's, brian uh, happy fish. more girls in his star wars aliens well, i'm just now. saying though, luke you know he's he's alone on this island no brian he's got fish bird type anthrop- aliens okay. who are anthropomorphic all huh? right and they're all female well, I, I, mm. <laughs> but Hey-o. sadly for luke uh they don't like they, they all kind of dress <laughs> they dress like no, they don't like them, and they kind of dress like nuns. They look like nuns. Yeah. Um, he says uh, they're all female. I wanted them to feel like a remote sort of little nunnery. I think he and made they do. That they look out. like little nunnery. Nunnery? nunnery no, the nunnery is a weird thing. <laughs> How do you know anthropomorphic, but you don't know nunnery? nunnery That's where nuns live. Like Nunneries, up. like where the like the nuns do their nunneries. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> Ah. Oh, sorry, Catholics. Um, <laughs> anyway, he says, uh, I wanted to feel like a remote sort of little nunnery, and that's that's what they they look like, alien nuns, is exactly what they look like. Um, they, can, they can communicate with Luke through what Johnson describes as a, as a blubbery sort of Scottish fish talk. Oh, my word. I'm sure Scotsmen will be uh, pleased. Um, says, but they're not thrilled to have him hanging around. They tolerate his presence. Um, so the forces connected with life. Yoda's world of Dagobah was a swamp teeming with flora and fauna. And so, and so is, and so this ocean, sorry, world would naturally evolve beings who are drawn to this sacred place. Johnson said they're amphibious. Eh? And may have risen up from the seas to tend to the buildings on this craggy. Oh boy, get you got that one. 
You're on your own, man. You're you're on a roll, and I'm letting you go. Archipelago eons ago. Structures. I don't know. Um, he says, you get the sense they did at some point, or maybe they occasionally do, return to the sea, but when we see them, they're land creatures. They're these big matronly creatures, but they have these little skinny bird feet. So there you go. That's that's the More caretakers. More than I needed to know. Uh, we will get to see uh, <clears throat> them talk, I guess. Probably complain about Luke. Maybe tell Ray, like, yeah, it's okay, Ray. We don't like him either. You know, something like that. Um, in Scottish fish accents. And Scottish. You fish don't like him either. Accents. That's pretty good, right? I'm not gonna yeah. do anymore. All right, so there's a part on here that says Jedi cave paintings. Um, so it talks a little bit about the tree, the forest tree that we see on Octu. Um, it talks about the books that we see, uh, ancient book that looks like the Journal of the Wills, a Jedi scripture that dates back to the original Star Wars mythology created by George Lucas. Um, Johnson said the last Jedi touches on mystical history, but doesn't dive deeply into creating a whole galactic religion. But there will be elements on Octu that deepen the mythology. And that's it. That's all we get for that. Boy, I was hoping I was hoping he'd kind of expound a little bit more on those books. Well, hopefully um, that's but there's probably some the story there. Yeah. 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 All right. So uh, next up is uh, Finn and Rose. Finn and Rose. So it says with Finn and Rose, a big deal is redeemed by a nobody. Um, so, you know, when we last saw Finn, he was wounded by a lightsaber attack um, that still burns and has never quite healed, is what this says. Interesting. He watched Han Solo, another uh, reluctant hero, die. Finn did his part. Starkiller base has been destroyed. Now he wants out. He's going to take his reward and get on a ship and fly away. Yeah, that sounds familiar, right? He just wants to get away and not be involved. His intention in the first place was to go to the Outer Rim. He was always brought back into, you know, Jakku. back into the fight, Why so to speak. Why does everybody always awakens. want to go to Jakku? Jakku, that's what he <laughs> um, says. But this is his chance to get away and perhaps find Ray and go off together. Uh-huh. He's trying to do that at first, but it's not going to be easy for him. So, yeah, I mean, really sounds like the Han Solo character, right, where... Uh, just, hey, I did my part, got what I need, I'm checking out, but gets pulled back in. Um, so that's interesting. I didn't think they'd go that direction with him, still wanting to, to leave. Hey, man, he almost got killed, you know? Yeah. He cares for Ray, but that's, that's it. He just cares for Ray, and he cares for his own life and running away from the First Order. So it says every. So this is kind of interesting. Um, it it kind of goes into the story about uh, Rose a little bit, the new character. Um, she's a resistance mechanic. Yeah. And uh, it says everyone in the sp- everyone in the space. Everyone in the space. Weird. The space. Everyone in space throughout the galaxy would have heard about the young Jedi, who discovered her powers and defeated Kylo Ren, and the young former stormtrooper. Who helped save the day. I don't think that's um, 
He's a hero to people like Rose who fight for the resistance because their homes have been destroyed by the First Order. Now, you say not true, but now think about it. If this is not the rebellion as we know it, this is a resistance that's still trying to drum up support. So wouldn't you make heroes out of people like well, that? Kind of like yeah. kind of like Prop- Hunger Games sure. and Katniss Propaganda. Everdeen. I mean, yeah. the people in the resistance, I think, would be aware of the battle, but it says everyone in space. I don't think that's yeah. true, but... Well, maybe that's what it meant by in the space where it's... Within you know, the resistance. About, I guess, yeah, that, I believe, yeah. would be true. Everyone in the resistance would definitely be aware of what happened um, and excited and to have a defector yeah. come from the First Order and be a hero, uh, yeah, is, is definitely a big well, deal. It does say when Rose first meets him, she views him as a big deal. So, All right, big deal. Big deal. Kind of a big deal. Uh, Rose is a gearhead, a grease monkey, a behind-the-scenes jack-of-all-trades, oh, yeah. while her sister Paige is the dynamic one, a resistance gunner who fights on the front lines alongside uh, resistance luminaries like Poe Dameron. Um and so, spoiler alert there, we, we think we know what happens to Paige. I don't know if you know Chad, but no. uh, I'll say it if you want, but it could be a spoiler. Do you want me to say it, Chad? Um, I think you have to now. Okay. So, word on the street is that Paige dies, and that kind of pushes Rose into the, the fight. She She gets killed. So, hmm. not Rose, Paige. Right. I don't know what happens to Rose. Um, says, Poe Dameron is super cool. Finn's super cool. What? Even though Rose happening? is good at what she does, she's not known. This is uh, Tran, the uh, the actor that plays Rose, talking. Says, uh, she's not cool. Uh, she's this nobody, this background player, which is what makes her interesting. Really? She's not the best. She's not royalty. She's someone who's just like everyone else so there you go chad finally somebody that you can relate to so background in the star wars universe gets pulled down becomes a, a, a not background character no, but but uh she is starstruck by finn he appreciates the adoration for a second but when he meets her finn is trying to escape the whole war he's trying to leave and she comes in and basically gives him a depiction of himself that wasn't necessarily True. Just like when he says, "Yeah, this is this is what all the resistant people look like." Yeah, I'm in the resistance. This is what we look like. To to Ray. <laughs> so they're gonna team up. You're gonna see Finn and and Rose team up. Cool, interesting. And then they they talk a little bit about uh, Canto Bite, um, the uh, gambling city or casino city. Right. And we had, did we say before, were we under the assumption that Canto bite was the planet? I think it's a whole planet because the toy came out this recently with, uh, for force Friday comes up in September. There's a toy that came out as a speeder, um, from the city of Canto bright on the planet of Cantonica. Um, so it shows like a police speeder saying that if you're going to, you know, get in trouble in the city of Canto bite, stealing something that the police speeders have a very fast speeder, the fastest ones in all of Cantonica, Cantonica is the way I would say it. So, so you're right here. So Canto bite is the casino metropolis. Yeah, it's, it's now a city. Um, on the world of Cantonica. 
So I was the whole city is. We were all under ahead. the impression, I think, that Canto Bight was the actual whole planet. It was a casino Correct. planet, but it apparently is not necessarily the case. But the Casino Bight is a city similar to Las Vegas on the planet of Cantonica. Correct. Not a big deal. All right, but so another, um, yeah, um, another cool thing that came out was uh, these. Uh, I'm not even going to be able to say this right. Peritorian guards. I think that's pronounced differently, Chad. Um, I think it's, um, I think it's, Praetorian. Praetorian. P r a e. A little better. T o r i a n. Praetorian guards. So these are uh, Snoke's guards, basically. Um, they're elite guards. And uh, they're kind of like the royal guards, like the emperor had. Yeah, they, they're they all in red, just like those guys. So it says, in The Last Jedi, Kylo Ren will venture to the side of one of his malevolent icons. And fans will finally get their wish to see this enigmatic tyrant in the flesh. Woo, woo. Supreme Leader Snoke only appeared in The Force Awakens via hologram. But in the new film, um, we're going to get to see him come out of his hiding. See him in the uh, flesh. He's gonna have, pro- he's gonna have protectors, the Petrorian, don't know how to say it, guards, a variation on the crimson cloaked imperial guards who flank the emperor. So when you look at these guys, they got like one picture. Um, they're not wearing robes like the other ones wore. No. Their faces are completely covered. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't even know how to describe armor. What it's like they got armor they on. Like. They look like they yeah. look like samurai. They look like samurai warriors with armor, like shoulder uh, gauntlets on the helmets, the guards on the wrists and on the hands, and large staff spear-like weapons. They have breastplates. It looks like they have, you know, armor covering their entire body, and it's completely red. Like to me, I, I saw an article where they. They said the uh, Imperial Guards were similar to, like, the Romans. And the Roman Guards, where they would stand straight and they'd have the robes. Where these guys, the Praetorian Guards, are more akin to the Japanese samurai soldiers. So, whereas the Imperial Guards yeah. looked like they could fight, but they you never... It does say, though, they get... The Praetorians get their name from True Life History uh, and the elite special guard who protected ancient Roman emperors. Okay. So there is some, there's... but they do, but they do have a. So I think that's where they get the name. It's just the name. But you're right. The look is is Japanese. Yeah. Um, the it kind of you know when I look at the one in the background there, it kind of actually does remind me sort of of like the shredder a little sure. bit. How it has kind of like the layers of the armor. Mm-hmm. Um, but the cool thing is you're actually going to get to see these guys fight. Right. Um. Where you know we didn't ever get to see the uh, the royal guards fight in the comics. In the originals. Little plug for our comics podcast. Yeah. You will we will get to a point where the royal guards, imperial guards, do actually fight, and they uh, their masks are taken off. Um, in the comics, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, so back to these guys. Um, they stick with Snoke. They're essentially his bodyguards. All right, so more on Snoke. Um, obviously, we all want to know uh, who Snoke is. Um, 
Johnson says The Last Jedi will reveal more about Snoke and his goals, but his history will remain somewhat murky. So if you're one that enjoys Snoke theories, um, you're going to get to keep coming up with some of those. So similar to Ray's parentage, Snoke is here to serve a function in the story. And a story is not a Wikipedia page, said Ryan Jansen, Johnson. <gasps> for example, for example, in the original trilogy, we didn't know anything about the Emperor except what Luke knew about him. And he's the evil guy behind Vader. Then in the prequels, you knew everything about Palpatine because his rise to power was the story. Now, I will say, though, if they don't give us the story here... That's going to be a problem. So, by saying the Wikip- the the Wikipedia article is not the story, could one say almost that Wikipedia, when it comes to this, is is irrelevant? That what is put on there by speculating fans, because we know Wikipedia can be edited by anyone. Um, does that mean it is irrelevant? And is not the story, but just theories and speculations, and we should just... Maybe not pay attention to all of that. We were talking about Wikipedia, not Wikipedia. Right? Well, he's yeah, he said Wikipedia is what he said. Yeah, not that he, um, you know, I I think he was making a point, you know, about the internet at large, probably really. Yeah, but it's just interesting because you know we're not going to get everything. You're, they're not going to explain all of our everything about Snoke to us because. I think you've already said in episode nine is probably more where you'll see him in action. You're going to see him more in this one than we did in, in seven. Um, but you're not going to get all of it. Just like, you know, we didn't get everything about Vader until, until return of the Jedi. We got a lot, but not everything. Um, so, I mean, obviously I, you wouldn't want them to just give you everything and not leave anything. No questions about him. Um, you know, with nine coming still and probably, movies thereafter yeah so well johnson says we'll we'll learn exactly as much about snoke as we need to yep so and then he's so being that. completely motion capped by andy circus right so it's a it's another tarkin guys it's another computer generated motion capped f- computer person like it's the obviously it's gonna be it probably won't be as jarring as some people took the Tarkin and and Princess Leia in Rogue One mocap because they're you know real live you know humans where this is a humanoid but it's definitely got some you know exaggerations when it comes to the way he looks so it won't be as probably jarring but it's not gonna be a real person it's gonna be Andy Circus with all the ping pong balls all over his body. And then computer generated <laughs> on top of that. Yeah, but I, I think that's fine because, like you said, it's it is. You know, but I'm just not, throwing it it's out not based there. Based off of a real a of, person. Some people, I won't say a lot, but some people that I is talk this, are you to, referring this to Dave Mann or something. Oh no, are you no, no, to me, no. I don't think. I don't know no. where you're going with this. That's all right. I'm just throwing it out there. I'm just saying some people out there hated, hated Brian. The Tarkin. Hated me. Yeah, they oh. hated Brian. Hated the Tarkin and Princess Leia computer-generated facial animations over top of real people. That's what that's what you're. That's what the bad guy is here. He is completely that. So, just throwing that out there, haters. 
get used to it. It's, it was fine. Tarkin looked good. Leia was a little more porcelain dollish, but it was fine. And uh, you're going to have to get used to it because you're going to see this guy this way the entire time. Deal with it. All right. Well, I hope you enjoyed that from Chad. I'm not sure why he's so upset about this. Um, all right. So on to Leia. Um, so a little about the character, you know, um, of Princess Leia in this movie. She remains in charge of the resistance movement cut off from the Republic, whose leadership and capital was annihilated in the force. I said that right. <laughs> annihilated. But you weren't sure. <laughs> Like you fought, you're like, no, I did not. I know you that word. At me like, annihilated. Did, get, did I just get caught? That's all right. Annihilated man. in the Force Awakens. So keep that in mind. When we see these planets blown up, uh, one of them is the capital of the Republic. Right. So what was the name you know, of the imagine, planet? I can't remember what the name was. Uh, doesn't matter. Yeah, I don't know. Doesn't matter. Those yeah. billions of so, people doesn't matter. <laughs> what's uh, anyone who expected the resistance to fill that void and maintain order would be mistaken. Um, Johnson says they're a small band that's now cut off on its own and hunted when the Republic is shattered. When the First Order did that hit, the resistance is isolated and they're very, very vulnerable. And that's where he picked them up. So, you know, they're they're not in a good spot. The capital is gone. Any support they they would have garnered or gained is is has been wiped out. And uh, they are, you know, you would think that they're kind of on the ropes here. Um, and that, yeah, and that's why they blew that planet up. That's why that was one of their their right. targets is because of the support that they would have got from the new government. Um, it says while the galaxy teeters on takeover by the first order, Leia is also dealing with her own personal grief, mourning the death of Han Solo. Murdered, murdered, murder to those that think that uh, Han Solo ignited well, that lightsaber. Like they would say, it's murdered. Like they would it say, says murdered Brian, at the hands of Brian, their son. It's, it's like they would say in the article, murdered, what but not really because he killed himself. Spoiler. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Hosnian Prime. So do you think, you think Han Solo, you think Han Solo ignited that lightsaber? I, I, not necessarily, but I think it's a cool uh, theory. If you want to go into the double agent part that uh, Kylo Ren's still playing. Oh, not, not likely, but it's cool. Hosnian Prime. Murdered at the hands of their son, Murder. Adam Driver's Kylo Ren. Um, says uh, Ben Solo has now fully fallen to the dark side has he i mean these are i don't know how that's what it says that's what it says so what this is, is just anthony, exp- are you saying anthony bresnikin is wrong i don't know man i mean he's the go-to he could be misleading us intentionally for star wars. he's he's a why, puppet why would you do that disney is telling him what to write <laughs> he's not allowed to have thoughts of his own and he is misleading us uh, he could be who, this, who can say? This says he's he's completely fallen to the dark side now. Well, that's what they want us to think, obviously. So back to Leia. She suffered quite a bit, Johnson adds. Um, says, while I was figuring out what her deal was going to be in this film, it's one of those things I talked about with Carrie before I started writing, where the character would go. Um, you know, Carrie Fisher kind of goes into a little spot where Carrie Fisher always talks about how she's the custodian of Leia. Um, she says she's, she's become me and I've become her. Um, so 
you know, now that she's gone, um, you know, I, I don't know what, what they'll do with that character in some ways, but, uh, I, you know, from what we know, it's not, they're not changing the story in, in episode eight, uh, but episode nine is definitely going to have to, uh, or is obviously going through some rewrites. Um, so it also talks about Poe. Poe is in some ways a surrogate son for Leia. Um, and, uh, Oscar Isaac's talking here. He says, I also think she sees in him the potential for a truly great leader, the resistance and beyond. Um, it says in the last Jedi torch is being passed. It's about the peril of meeting your heroes, facing down disappointment and rising to fight. Nonetheless, just as Luke Skywalker reluctantly may be passing on his knowledge of the force to Ray, Leia is guiding Poe, encouraging him to look beyond the crosshairs in his cockpit. There are other ways to fight, other ways to lead. Uh, more about Poe here. Poe's arc is one of the evolving from a heroic soldier to a seasoned leader to see beyond the single-mindedness of winning the battle to the larger picture of, future, of the future of the galaxy. Uh, Oscar says, I think Leia knows she won't be around forever and she, with tough love, wants to push Poe to be more than the bad A pilot to temper his heroic impulses with his wisdom or with wisdom and clarity. So, um, you know, it's kind of interesting because Poe, that character, was supposed to be killed off um, in The Force Awakens right. when they when they crashed, I think. Right. Um, and now, you know, with with Carrie Fisher's passing, yeah, it seems to me they're going to use his character as to take take kind of her spot, you know, as far as the the lead of the uh, resistance there Possibly. within the story. Yeah. Um, Possibly. So it's it's kind of interesting. Um, so conflict within little little segment here. There's just that new character, Laura Dern's uh, Vice Admiral Holdo. Um, Hold the dough. Hold, <laughs> think. Hold the dough? Huh? No? That's not related? No. Okay. So it says there are also rivalries and alliances within the movement. Um, we're not going to get her whole story, but as fellow commander in the Resistance, she's likely to have a history with Leia. Um, the nature of it will be for the movie to reveal. Hmm. So yeah. her and Leia don't get along? Possibly. Don't agree. Uh, I would think then you're probably going to see her character in that Leia book. Maybe they knew each other as teenagers. Yeah, I did, yeah, huh? maybe. It, it what it sounds like to me is she's just part of the leadership, and uh, they may not agree on certain things that need to be done or not done, and that politics. So back to the storyline. The storyline wasn't changed after Fisher's death. Johnson says he hopes it will still be satisfying to the Legion of Leia fans who see the character as a source of true life inspiration in our world. Um, says there's no way we could have known this would have been the last Star Wars movie she would be in, so it's not like we made the film thinking that we were bringing closure to the character, but watching the film, there's going to be a very emotional reaction to what she does in this movie. Hmm. All right, so there's that. <laughs> that. Wow. <laughs> Sorry. Wow. Not to delete that. Segway. All right, so. <laughs> um, Benicio Del Toro's character. Benicio Del Toro. Uh, Chad, this, this is where you felt like we weren't really getting anything new here. Yeah. Um, 
But I did. I don't know if it's in this article or not. Yeah, I don't know. He's not Ezra. Um, well, yeah, we know he's not Ezra. His name is DJ, DJ, or he goes by the name DJ. He is a um, I think I can't remember what they call it, but a code slicer or code breaker. Code slicer, yeah. Or um, he, he, yeah, that's they had people like that. A lot. They're using quite a few of those in the books, where there's yeah. on both sides where they can in, interpret imperial codes. Be able to break them down and then, you know, be able to enter buildings and doors that they would normally be able to by breaking the codes and things of that nature. So, yeah, so he's that's what he is. Um, so, you know, what I would suspect then is that because um, Finn and Rose go to meet up with him, I would think they they get him to to steal something, break to hack something. Yeah. Hack something to get into somewhere is probably where. He's going to play a role. Um, but didn't it say he was a villain, though? Like, didn't, well, isn't that what we were originally, about him? The, th- the thing out was put out that he had said that he was a villain, but they kind of have come back and said maybe not. Um, I think. Just like a shady, shady guy. Yeah, I think basically. Del Toro said that originally, but now they're kind of walking it back. So I don't know if he's a villain. Um, you know, it's just kind of depends on your perspective from a certain point of view, one might say, Brian. So, um, so that's it. There's, uh, you know, as far as like pictures that came out with this, um, I don't think we got a whole lot that were new personally. Um, you know, nothing that, that I really wanted to, to jump into. Um, we do get to see Ray or, um, Finn in a, in a cockpit. So he's going to fly. Um, which is interesting because last I heard, he didn't know how to fly. Yeah, he needed um, a pilot. So that's the right thing to do. That, somehow in that bank to tank, back to tank, he uh, bank to tank learned how to fly. <laughs> we do see a picture of Adam Driver um, without his mask and his his new scar that's been moved. Um, but other than that, there wasn't really a whole lot there. Uh, nothing new from from what I've seen. But there's going to be more released. Um, uh, over the next uh, few days, I think. So next week we'll we'll have a little more. I don't think we're going to get quite as much as we got on this go-around um, from Entertainment Weekly, but there's going to be a few more that we'll be able to go through. Um, once the magazine actually hits, who knows, there's probably more in there um, that they're not sharing online, I would imagine. I could be wrong. but Yeah, last time everything that they showed pretty much was everything that was there. Oh, okay. I stand corrected. No, it doesn't. Um, so, Chad, does this get you pumped, though, man? Are you, like, I'm, fired up? I am, it's a consistent, constant hype level since the trailer, okay? The trailer came out at, D, was it D23? No, yeah. Yeah, right. D, no, D23. In April, and it's the, the constant, like, my heart's going to, it's, it's unhealthy. It's a constant hype level. It's up here. It's up. You can't see what I'm doing, but my hands up, up above my head, listeners. That's the hype level, and it just it keeps going. It doesn't dip down. I don't lose interest. I don't become disappointed. It's just there, and it's a constant. It's like sprinting for for miles, and eventually, I'm either gonna die, or I think you would die, <laughs> or. Or the movie will come out and it'll, I'll, yeah, then I'll die from happiness. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Yeah. I'm pumped. I like these photos. I'm gonna have to try to get those magazines like they got the other ones, both covers. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's a new, 
a new level of uh you know teasing this movie and obviously there are a lot of people out there that are trying to be on a blackout um obviously if you're listening to this podcast you're not one of those people and uh yeah, neither so are we you said something before we uh you know started recording here that ryan johnson said uh there's gonna be a lot more coming out over the next few weeks months um and and what you know to to go on a blackout well yeah people if you don't follow these people on twitter if you don't have twitter i mean it's a dark deep hole that uh not always healthy <laughs> um there's a lot of angry people out there. there's a lot of real dumb people out there um but you know you can find people like ryan johnson um and he's on twitter and you'd be surprised at how many times uh, he'll he'll just give his thoughts and they're interesting to see interesting to read so he says Someone resp- talked to him and said, hey, Ryan Johnson, I think we're officially been told too much. Don't worry, we're going to see it. And he says, more stuff is coming. That's the nature of the beast, but I fully endorse avoiding everything you can from now till December. So, that's going to be hard. Yeah, I mean, he's just saying. Especially that's, for us. You know, it's Disney. It's the way. Obviously, we're not not going to do that. Don't worry, folks. If we did that, the podcasts get real boring. Um, so we're not going to avoid the things we're going to find them. Um, but even, and you know, to respond to people are saying, okay, that's enough. Don't say anymore. Well, Disney is still going to hype this movie because people are plugged in. They'll consume every little bit that they can, but the general public needs the, the, the commercials on TV needs the posters needs the, you know, billboards to be like, Oh yeah, that's right. There's a star Wars movie this year. I promise you there are people out there that are like, Oh yeah, that's right. They'll go to a movie They'll go see Thor, and the, the, it'll have a, a Star Wars trailer, and they'll be like, oh, yeah, that's right. There is a Star Wars movie this year. I guarantee you there are people out there like that. So Disney is trying to reach and get as many people as they can uh, to remember, hey, Star Wars is a big deal still, and you should come see this movie uh, here December 15th. So, Right on, right on. All right, well, speaking of uh, <coughs> Twitter, uh, you know, why don't we, uh, believe it or not, we're, we're almost at the end of this podcast here. Well, by then we'll buy quick, no? Man, I tell you, when you're having fun, the things yeah. go fast. <laughs> um, so you know, Pablo's tweets—he's back on the Twitter as usual. So, Chad, tell us what Pablo tweeted. Tweeted? We we need like an intro, like Pablo's tweet, tweet of the week, tweet of the week. Oh, that's pretty good. Something. I think that's it right there. We'll just, I'll make something out of that. So Pablo's tweet, tweet of the week, tweet of the week. Pablo <laughs> says, general rule, this is a day ago as of this recording, which Brian gave the date at the beginning. Rewind if you didn't hear it. General rule, if it's not said in a story, it's not known. And I suppose I can guess, but that's all it is, a guess. So he says, so why did Luke need power converters? I don't know. Probably didn't. Probably just an excuse to hang with his friends. Just a guess. I think he he needed the power converters. To convert power? And he wanted to hang out with his friends. I think it was both. Yeah. Well, there is that deleted scene where he is hanging out with his friends somewhere. I don't, yes. Is it at Tashi Station? I don't remember. Yes, they're at Tashi yeah, Station. Yeah, and they're just hanging out, and then they go look at outside and talk about the war and stuff. But... Yeah, it's just, again, Pablo Hidalgo. There are other people on the story group at Lucasfilm, and uh, they just they do tweet, but not always as uh, 
out there as Pablo does. So that's why we read his. But it's, every week, he's got something interesting to say. And he draws real good Transformers. Yeah, like freehand. It's pretty amazing. And he's got a very encyclopedic knowledge when it comes to Transformers as well. So Pablo Hidalgo's Tweet of the Week. If uh, it's not in the story, it's it's not known. And uh, the story group man says it's just a guess. <laughs> um, all right. Well, you know, uh, before we wrap this up, Chad, you, you kind of mentioned it. And, you know, we should have plugged it at the beginning of the podcast because, uh, you know, it's usually where most people start. <laughs> um, but uh, we did we did start to branch off here and do a comics cast or comic cast of Star Wars comics. Uh, we had our first episode. We dropped that just, uh, yeah, was that yesterday? or This morning. At the this time morning. of this recording. Sorry, it all runs together, yeah. So um, Star Wars number one. Next up we're going to do, you guessed it, Star Wars number two. These are the 2015 uh, editions uh, because they are canon. So, um, you know, if you enjoy knowing the entire Star Wars story, those are... Uh, oftentimes found in the comics that are canon. So be sure to check that out. It's a Star Wars rant uh, comics cast. You should be right in your feed. Just give her a listen. It's it's about 30 minutes, maybe 20 minutes long. In the future, you know, we hope to keep them 15, 20 minutes if possible. Um, if we can contain Chad's excitement. It's um, up here, folks. Up here. Yeah. So um, check that out. In the future, uh, you know, if you listened to last week's podcast, we did uh, Chapter 1 of Inferno Squad. We are going to uh, be dropping those into its own as well. Um, so look for that in the future. Um, in the meantime, though, I think that's going to wrap up this episode of Star Wars Ramp Podcast. Chad, would you like to say any last words to the, uh, to the good people? No. Thank you. All right. Join us next week. Until the meantime, uh, we'll, we'll talk to you later. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Star Wars Ramp Podcast with your host, Brian Seddon, along with Chad Viz. Follow them on Facebook at Star Wars Ramp Podcast, and we'll catch you next time.